Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm. This is Ross Dunn, Web Marketing, and my co-host, John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advance Local. Wow, we missed hey. two episodes, dang it. I, mi- I missed you, man. I know, me too. I- Jeez. Uh, one, due to the hurricane, and the other, well, overwhelmed schedules. It's a yeah. bit embarrassing, but it, it just happens. It just plain happens well t- and, today uh, t- today was almost a push too it was close today it's crazy <laughs> yeah. uh life well i'm sure glad hey uh, brasco how did uh, cranberry.fm fare during those during hurricane matthew i know you studios, guys had to move out studios came out of it okay uh we thought it was going to really hit, make a direct hit for us. It wasn't until about 12 hours before that it hit the Bahamas and it made a little skirt to the east. So we only got some of the wind, some of the rain, but we were out of it. We didn't get anything like North Carolina or the uh, North Port of Florida got. Oh, good. Glad to hear it. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Well, definitely one of those times it was uh, made sense to miss a show. <laughs> yeah, we we can let Brasco be be a be a uh, catalyst for us missing a show every once in a while, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually it's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and you know me lately too. So, hey, great. Pat's on our back. Uh, pretty cool that HubSpot picked us as one of the top ten SEO resources. That's a pretty huge accolade, eh? Yeah, I like that. That was a great. Uh, some really good company in there too. I was like, "Wow, this is pretty impressive." To myself, but I don't because it's like, <laughs> you know. That's, well, I still think it's awesome that anyone listens. I, yeah, I, the other one that you have listed here blew my mind when I read his his post. That one just kind of like kind of set me back and like, "Wow, that's it's it's." So Dan Shore, who's been listening forever, was talking about in a post how he got into the industry, used to be a musician, I guess, and he said he was listening to our podcast one day and said, hey, I could probably do this professionally. And it's like, to me, it just kind of blew my mind that we, just doing the show that we love doing, had that big of an impact on somebody's life. It's just it just kind of like, it's that kind of responsibility that you don't realize you're, you have, and it's, I don't want to do the show anymore. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's, and, you know, to give you some idea, I mean, uh, Dan's done pretty good for himself. Looks like he's got about, uh, if Twitter's any uh, uh, example here, and he's got 12,600 followers, and uh, he does SEO for a living now. And um, anyway, he mentioned us in a recent interview he did with the uh, Marketing Owners Marketing for Owners podcast, and we really appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Um, Absolutely. Thank the spot too, both of them. Yes, definitely. And, and Dan also noted... He took a snapshot of the question that he asked us one time on the show, which we thankfully answered. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that name sounded familiar. Yeah. (laughs) Back in 2010. So, wow. That's so cool. Anyway, give give me a good smile today again. So, thanks, Dan. And uh, thank you, HubSpot. All right. So, let's jump into the Isles Files. I love saying that. (laughs) Yes, it's not the Wheeler Files. He's coming up. But Gary Isles had a ton Bill, this last while from the PubCon, and 
Wow, the first one's a doozy. Although we have talked about it a ton, uh, at least last year, and we, it's not a big surprise. But it is very cool that they're mentioning they're doing this. And would you want to lead with it? Yeah, and it's it's they 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 first mentioned it in September of last year. I think it was was it SMX Advance or SMX West. Mm, one, not sure one, which one. One of those conferences, they said, we're thinking about, we're, we're tossing around the idea of having two separate one for mobile, one for desktop. And we've heard little bits about it since then, but um, Gary came out um, at PubCon uh, last week and said, yep, we're doing it. We're going to split the indexes. We're going to have a mobile index and we're going to have a desktop index. And the mobile index is going to be our primary index. That's the wow. piece that kind of blew me away, right? Um, the mobile index is going to be fresher, and it's going to be more current. And, and you know, of course, we don't have tons of details yet. It's, it's not supposed to come. They said what he said. I think in a follow-up in U.S. search engine land, he said it'll be arriving in the next few months. Well, we know how Google is with deadlines, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. But but the idea is when that happens, what does it mean that a mobile is the primary index, and B, it's going to be fresher and more current than the desktop index. Those are the things that are kind of really got me intrigued about what's going to be changing between the two. Yeah, and one huge kudos to Jim over at the SEM Post. I got a ton of our articles today for the show from our site. Um, and in and, and this case, the article about, uh, uh, it's titled, Google Search Switching to Mobile First Index from desktop index. Anyway, on that article, she has a ton of great points about what people will have to consider uh, based on this change. Uh, I actually had to really scratch my head when I heard I thought about it. I'm like, what? It really does change. But then I realized, as she notes here, that some people have different sites completely. That so long. Um, yeah. Responsive web design being out there. But some people have different sites for mobile, and they've got to make sure that now that those mobile sites don't lack any really critical content that could impact their rankings. Yeah, but different pe people will trim down their mobile versions if, they, if they're serving like an m.domain.com or something. They'll trim that down so it loads faster. It's more specific to mobile d devices. And sometimes when they do that, they pull content off those pages. So that can be pretty significant in this particular, when this change takes place. Yeah, I mean, she mentions that sites with responsive web design aren't going to be in, having much of an issue here. Um, obviously, you still want to make sure you get a good site, but it's uh, not as critical. Uh, when it, when I see, it, and I, 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 we don't know that for sure. I, I think that they're no. going to be better off. Responsive web design sites are going to be better off. But who knows, since there are going to be two different indexes being applied now... There's going to be, we already know there's different factors for mobile search than there is for desktop search. So mm -hmm. are we now going to have two different algorithms that are only only looking at their index or will they be looking at both indexes? Will both algorithms be using both indexes? There's a lot of things we have to figure out tied to this, but the fact that, you know, responsive design, I think is going to be much safer than if you're using two different, different pages for your site, one for mobile, one desktop. However, there's going to be, Factors in the two algorithms for offsite factors, right? You know, those things change slightly as well. Mobile offsite factors are, are a bit different than desktop offsite factors. How does that come into play now that we have the two different indexes? It's, and they may not come into play at all, right? So there's, no, there's lots of unknowns for sure. Lots of and unknowns. And it's kind of funny, you know, I always think about it. Wouldn't it be nice to have another search engine there to spice things up, make things more interesting? Well, now we've kind of got a split personality here. We kind of always had <laughs> yeah. to some degree, but now we really. <laughs> for well, Google. 
I think one of the most interesting changes for SEOs is going to be reporting, right? Because right now, I mean, I've been trying for years to get away from reporting on, you know, rankings as the primary metrics. But now the rankings because the main difference here is going to be what do you rank on this one versus what do you rank on this one you know I, we're already breaking traffic up into mobile and desktop but now mm-hmm. i think i think this change google i think does may not have realized when they when they're doing this that now it's going to kind of re-emphasize rankings as not a good thing in my mind but it's going to happen and so depending on how you do your reporting for your clients now you may have to make significant adjustments to, to split that up, where depending on where you get your data, your data provider, or if you if you're doing your own um, ranking data, you're going to now have to do two two different sets of ranking data: one for desktop and one for mobile. It's it's going to be going to be fun. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and, and it's true, but I mean, we also have to keep in you keep in mind that the the main reasons we went away from ranking um, or try to go away from ranking data, I should say. Um, it, still is an effect. I mean, we still, it's more about the traffic, right? It's more about the actual sales and and all the things we can get from analytics. But you're right, it's going to suck people back in. (laughs) Yeah, I think what happens is we made a bunch of progress in getting people away from focusing on rankings, and this is going to Backwards a little bit on that. We're we're gonna have to re-educate people at some point because this this is going to emphasize rankings again, at least short period, short period of time. True enough. Okay, well, the next uh, piece here, that's fascinating, but I, the whole thing, I love it. Um, and there's going to be some really good articles about that, that are going to come out about this. With a lot of the thought leaders jumping in and thinking about how this might work. And when we first get some ideas from Mueller or the whole gang, what's happening with this when it starts launching, they said it's going to be. But uh, that's all we know. We, he didn't actually give any timeline, so we'll see. Yeah, he learned his lesson from Penguin 4.0. <laughs> yes, but he did say he did say within months. So months could be, you know, first quarter next year. Months could technically be three years from now, right? Because it's you can still be thirty six months is still months. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, typical Google. Okay, so the, the next piece here from the Google from the IELTS files, I should say, is Google is, uh, you know, what's important for 2017. Um, and it's one of the, the the slides that Matt Cutts used to always contribute and, and he, when he did his PubCon speeches and such. And, and Barry Schwartz put this to uh, Isles. He said, you know, I, I really enjoyed those. Uh, what, what would you say is coming? What's important for 2017? And the three answers were machine learning and structured data. Now, uh, this just means that Google's going to be focusing more on the above and they are expecting to, well, we can all expect many more AMP launches. I su- assume that means going into all other areas where AMP could be possibly applied and I'm sure more features and, and such and uh, interesting stuff there, I'm sure. Structured data, I'm not exactly sure where they're heading with that, but because uh, it's already, a, a f- I, mean, I don't know, I guess, there's a lot of different ways I guess they could I think how they're using it. I remember he's answering from Google's perspective, what's important to them, not necessarily what's important for us to do, right? So they're probably going to find better ways to utilize structured data, not necessarily change the way we implement structured data, but maybe better ways to utilize what we implement. Uh, same, yeah, thing with, well, same thing with the machine learning. There's not much we can do around that, right? <laughs> well, just, yeah, and how it applies to us. And, 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 and also, maybe they'll be implementing more um, guidelines around the use expect that's true. Uh, I know a lot of people have 
you know, I, as usual, leveraged them to the hilt, and and, and some people got yep. in, tr- in trouble for that. So they they recently did that with the uh, reviews for local search, right? They just yeah. came out with you know this is how you use it, this is how you don't use it. Hopefully, they do that with other types of structured data as well. So that's that's a good point. That's true. Now, one thing I wanted to note: I, I was actually on a site the other day, a, a client of mine, um, a new client, uh, and uh, I find some of these clients are, are it's hard to convince them. But in this case, you know, they're using, they've got tons of reviews on their site that they have generated um, or asked for, and they've added to their website, but they don't have them marked up. That's an awesome opportunity. If you're out there, if you have a website, you've got reviews in your site and you haven't marked them up with, with schema markup. Again, it's a bit of a learning curve, I have to admit, but if you need help, you know where to call um, or look online and go to our community or SEO community on Google plus, um, and just ask how to do it. But the point is, marking up that review data is important. It does add some extra yeah. value to those reviews. But be very careful. Only mark up reviews that are unique to your site. Yes. Don't go to Google and get one of the reviews that somebody left on Google and then put it on your site and mark it up with schema. That's actually against the terms of service. Um, you yes. can Right now, it's a little easier to get away with that using like a third-party review, like Yelp or something, but that's going to change too. So don't do it with third-party reviews. Only do that. Only mark. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we have some more from the the Isles Files. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Literature is taking over Miami streets. Between November 13th and the 20th, downtown Miami will transform into a full week celebration of the literary arts. More than 500 plus authors are coming to share their new work at the 2016 Miami Book Fair. The porch is open every evening complete with a full schedule of live music and performances, a farmer's market and cafe, food trucks, craft beer, and more. For more information on the 33rd Miami Book Fair, November 13th to the 20th at Miami-Dade College's Wolfson Campus in downtown Miami, call 305-237-3258 or visit miamibookfair.com. Follow Miami Book Fair on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Miami Book Fair. Online anytime. This is Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Will machine learning take over the whole search algorithm? Um, 
<laughs> this is uh, something that was asked of Gary Isles, and uh, he said no. A uh, simple fact is no, you, you pretty much bet that won't happen. Um, the reason why, and he gave us an example, was, uh, and I quote him here, Scase, scar, scarce, 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 <laughs> data, for example. Because <laughs> humans know how to talk. <laughs> yes, I do. If you, <laughs> yes. For a machine learning algorithm, algorithm and oh, I can't read the way he's, I've got to read this right way. He, he's, he's, I think he's a bit of ESL. I think he's Italian. I'm not sure. Anyways, um, if you're training, essentially, if you don't have enough data. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck. And investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit StairsApp.com today. Data, machine learning algorithms are they'll give you wonky results. And, and and in those circumstances, he says it happens quite often, they simply can't use the machine learning algorithm. They have to go another route. And he did mention in that same article, and this is from, uh, uh, well, well when, they're, when they're looking at algorithms, they try not to touch any of them unless they absolutely have to. So if they're working perfectly fine, they don't need machine learning, they're probably not going to touch it. But there's another. There's a lot of other things they could use and apply machine learning uh, to. So uh, they're very careful about that. But 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 that sounds good for now. But I mean, a black and white television worked perfectly fine, and we we still improved it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a that's kind of a short viewpoint. Things will get better. My question when I saw this was, well, if Google's AI ever actually becomes, you know, self-aware and passes the Turing test and takes over the algorithm. Is that considered uh, machine world? learning? Well, well, they take over the algorithm first because they will then control people <laughs> by what by feeding them certain information. But anyway, if it's an AI, is it still machine learning or not? Is that separate? I don't know. So, but I, yeah, I think I think Gary could get away with. Saying, "Oh yeah, sorry, I was wrong." <laughs> if AI kicks in, you know, we will yeah. we'll forgive him. <laughs> yeah, the master said I could say it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a pretty uh, momentous occasion. My God, uh, scary but amazing too. I, I, I know, I know, we get we're really tight on time today, but I have to say I'm watching the new show on HBO, um, Westworld, and if you haven't mm. seen it, it's brilliant. It's amazing. So I read a very, very good quote tied to that because part of this is about these machines that are that you think they're becoming self-aware, but you're not sure. Um, and somebody said the quote is, a computer passing the Turing test is not scary. To me, a computer smart enough to fail it on purpose is scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was kind of blew my mind. Anyway, sorry, yeah. I digress. Yeah, I would, uh, that's a thinker, no doubt about it. Yes. Um, in any case, let's jump into... Mueller files. So we got the Isles files and the Mueller files on the same show. I think this is a first. Yes. I think we've, we've hit a milestone here. It's a big day, man. It's a big yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this one really got my goat, but it's not a big surprise, I guess. It's just, uh, you know, me and this. Whole, uh, the, still use the disavow tool for bad links. That's what Google's saying. Um, <laughs> and, and, and Gary Isles said something about it, again, stating that. When I think at PubCon, but then Mueller made it a lot clearer. I think um, I'm not even going to go with the, what Gary said because, uh, frankly, I don't think it helps. But um, I'll quote uh, Gary here, and, and pardon me, I know he's uh, John. You're going decent, with John. 
You're quoting John, right? John, yes, yeah, sorry, John Mueller here. If you do know that your SEO has done some shady things with links or previous out, pre- previous SEO or someone else, then of course the disavow is a good way to, to, to kind of make you can sleep at night and don't have to worry that Google is maybe interpreting those links in a way that you didn't want to happen. Uh, he continues to say, the normal small business website out there, they don't need to do anything with the disavow file. There's also... That's also why the tool isn't tied in with the rest of Search Console. It's kind of a separate tool on its own. It's really something that you only really need to do if you are aware of issues around links to your site. Anyway, I have to find it hard to read John's stuff, but th- that the point comes right down. I thought it was some good points there. Really, if you've got something shady going on uh, or did have something shady going on, definitely disavow. Use it. Don't take the risk of Google so- trying to figure it out. So basically, you're saying if you don't trust Google to identify these and discount them yourself, give Google a hand. Google says, help us out. Yeah, Google's essentially saying, don't trust us if uh, <laughs> yeah. if you're, you're not sure. So <laughs> fair enough. Um, but, but to your point, I don't think this is now something that, that you're going to go through on a regular basis and, you know, continually check your backlink profile to see if there's anything you need to disavow. This is if you've identified, you get a new client and they said, yeah, I worked with this company in the past and they were doing weird things. And you go look at the backlink profile and there's some obvious stuff. Then you do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, I do appreciate that. That's good info out there. Cause apparently there were some people out there who were completely removing their disavow files and, and they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't go that road. Just leave them there. And add to them if there's any necessity. He says, and if anyone went out there and actually disavowed everything they had, well, that was just stupid from the begin with. <laughs> yeah. So. And kind of, kind of, kind of tied to this, there's been a lot of people that have been complaining about the Penguin Four, you know, um, impacting them negatively. Even though they were, they had a really good, clean backlink profile, they really didn't have any problems with Penguin in the past. This new algorithm they seem to have lost rankings, and they're like, "What we do wrong? What we do wrong?" It's Clearly, you did something wrong. It's maybe the other sites that are showing up in the same SERP results that you are um, are now in a better place than they were, so they're outranking you. It's not necessarily that you are being hit directly by the Penguin 4.0, but other sites are recovering, which is having a negative effect on you because they're doing better than you are now. Or when If you're losing ranking because of – and you're putting it on Penguin 4.0, it's not because they're not liking you. It's because your competitor is better than they were last Possibly. week. I mean, there are instances where you're dropping like 30 places. Well, that might be something else. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, your links, a lot of your links just became invisible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So um, next up here, um, this is uh, another one from the SEM Post. Uh, leave 301 redirects in place for at least a year, preferably longer. Um, I love this one because, frankly, it's one that comes up occasionally. Yeah. I just leave them in forever. <laughs> be so nervous to remove them but uh, as long as they're not of course redundant you're not getting multiple redirects going to the same place but um, essentially for any listeners out there who don't know what this is 3-1 redirects are, t- are permanent redirects so if you have switched the location of some content mm-hmm. perhaps you have a new website new structure to the site you want to make sure there's a re- 301 redirect from the old URL to the new URL uh, so the old page to the new page and uh, how long do you keep them there this redirect is on your server and Google needs to see this to know that this page has moved and for other people to, to, if they're perhaps going from a link to your site from the old to the old URL, that they're moved to the new one. Uh, Well, they're recommending at least a year. Um, I 
again, keep it there two years at least. Yeah, there's the, and you got to remember for Google, they're saying leave it there for a year. There's a lot of reasons outside of Google to have a 301 redirect or any redirect in place. And you said it. What if it's a link? What if it's somebody? out there that use bookmarks, believe it or not. And if they have an old URL bookmark, they're never going to find the page if, if you don't put, leave that redirect in place. So it's for your users as much as it is for Google. Sure enough. Sure enough. All right. Well, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we've got a couple more pieces of news and uh, the end of the show. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Jamming and spamming, cashing in the clicks. SEO is always in session, only on Cranberry Radio, cranberry.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on FM, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. All right, site-wide and blog roll links are not automatically bad links, according to Google. So that's good news. Um, not something that I actually really even thought about for years, but... Uh, you know, there are instances where blogs have a blog role, links to other sites, pardon me, other <laughs> blogs um, or friends or whatever it might have been. It was kind of a, an in and fun thing. Yep, I did was, like them. But I, I had some old blogs too. They were they were a big deal a while back. Yeah, and they were fun. It was I, I kind of liked blog roles. They were neat. You saw how people were interconnected um, and it wasn't a bad thing. So, you know, that that's still the case to a degree. Uh, it's obviously when it, it looks, it's, I guess, I don't know how they tell this apart, it, what's self-serving or what isn't, but. Um, well, here's a question for you, though. So I didn't read the article, and maybe, maybe it was addressed in the article. Links themselves might not be bad, but, the, you know, a site-wide link is going to have a negative impact on your, the ratio of links you have per domain, right? So if you're looking at your overall backlink profile and you've got a thousand links from a hundred sites, that's much better than a thousand, or that's not nearly as good as a thousand links from a thousand sites, right? Mm -hmm. Closer you get to that one-to-one ratio, the better your backlink profile is overall. Those site-wide links are going to throw ratio somewhat. Did they address how that, so it's not like the individual links are bad, but it impacts that ratio, which is not good. 
Did they address that at all in the article? It's pretty short. There's really not a lot to it. I, uh, for example, um, uh, I'll read a bit of it here. This is from Jen. The question came up about whether legitimate site-wide links, such as those placed on blog girls, could be hurting a site and whether they should be disavowed or should not, or he should not worry about them. Uh, John re- replied, I like that last option. Not sure what he means there, but anyway, in general, if there are not normal or if there are normal organic links that are happening that are pointing at your content, then I would just let them be. That's the way the internet works. People link to your content. If your students have blogs and they think this is actually a teacher that knows what he's talking about, then that's a good link. That's not something you need to disavow just because it's a site-wide link or in a blog role. So he really doesn't get into you know how to discri- discriminate. But, yeah. yeah. So so what's the current status? I know this has kind of been in flux while, and I haven't looked into it recently. There was a lot of conversation a year or so ago about um, what if you have the same link on the same page twice? Do they count the first one? Do they count the second one? Do they count them both? Where does the, the there's a lot of conversation around that, and. I can't remember where that left off, but I think there was at one point there was there was discussion about they only count one of the two. Maybe it's the same thing with the site wide link thing as far as you know how much how much impact is it going to have on your site if you have a link um, from from a page, from a blog that has it a hundred pages in a blog? Maybe they only count one of them towards yeah. you. That's right. how I've always approached it, uh, just as one. Um, and I think the power of that one depends on the overall authority of that site, um, obviously. But it's, it, you know, maybe more than one would show up if you're talking CNN here. Um, if you've got like 30, 40 links, then it's different, right? It may not be site white, but it's still significant. And the, the question this would be interesting to test. And they always count the same one. 10 different posts on that site-wide link and they're on 10 different topics and someone searches for you on one of those topics, do they count the link that's on the topical page to you or do they count the link from one of the other pages? Yeah. Yeah. Good thinking. All right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not even going to try and tackle that one, but it's a good idea. uh, No, I mean, that was visible to us at all. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, last question, last piece of news here. Google has been testing a write a review button under local knowledge panel results. I find this particularly interesting from a local SEO perspective. Uh, gaining reviews is critical. Uh, I think it's very important for businesses. It's I, I beat my head against the wall constantly trying to get a few of my clients to dump on board here. It's because I think to them, but it's really not that hard to do. Um, and there, with all the review management systems out there, like provenlocal.com, you know, they make things a lot easier. So um, now that said, uh, adding a write a review button on the knowledge panel, just so anyone, everyone knows this, that's what appears in search results. If you do a local search and there's a particularly uh, prominent or authoritative result in your local area, it can or generally will show up in a local knowledge panel on the right side of the screen. And they'll still talk about the business, have a picture and have a review, um, you know, perhaps a over, overall f- out of five star rating. And then below that, it says write a review. So now you're able to do it from within search results. That's a big change. I, obviously, they're just testing it at this point, but I think mm-hmm. uh, it's promising. I, I, I would be surprised if that doesn't stick around. Yeah, but I, I've noticed Facebook really pushing reviews more than they have been in the past two in the past couple months. It'll be interesting to see where that goes as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we squeaked this uh, show in, so I can't get to the questions today, but I'm, I'm sure glad that uh, you were able to make it and reconnected. 
Yeah, me too. Me too. It was a close one. Yeah. And, and everyone, thank you so much for spreading the kind words about the show and, and listening. Uh, again, it's, it's just amazing to me how much fun we have and we get to have listeners. Pretty yeah, cool. definitely. And this means we'll probably have even more questions for the next. Yes. Yes. It's going to start adding up and that's good. We, uh, yeah. Sometimes we really need content. This time I barely scratched the surface because PubCon happened. There is a ton of news. So uh, anyway, with that said, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing and John Carcutt, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Local. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, CO101 on Google. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday on cranberry.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 